One of my favorite places to go live aboard sailing is Georgian Bay. I just love going around Georgian Bay, uh, Midland, Penetang, Beckwith Island, Tobamori, North Channel, just an amazing cruising area. And um, live aboard sailing is definitely one of the highlights and one of the things that I love doing with some of my sailing. I would be really curious to know where you like to do your live aboard sailing or where you plan on doing live aboard sailing. So let me know. Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Hey guys, welcome to the next uh, episode in my series on sailing goals. This week I am talking about liveaboard sailing, one of my favorite things to do. I love heading out and glamping on my boat. Um, So going to be chatting about that same idea as the other episodes, but courses you can take, habits you should look at perfecting, extra areas that you can focus on if you are looking at doing bare boat chartering or a little bit more cruising. So bare boat chartering, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, that just means that you are basically renting a sailboat, uh, but you are taking full charge of the boat. So you have the courses, the knowledge, the skills to handle the boat and whatever situations could arise on the boat and you are fully in charge. So that's called a bare boat charter. The other thing that you can do with chartering though is you can charter uh, a boat with a skipper. So then the boat comes with someone who has that experience, the skills, the courses and so on and uh, they can handle most of the work on the boat and you're just kind of there as a crew to help out. So there are a few different ways that you can approach live aboard sailing. I'm going to be gearing this episode a little bit more towards those of you who are interested in bare boat chartering and getting to a level where you can charter your own boat. So to start off, I apologize. I have a cold this week, so I probably sound a bit off. Uh, I'm working my way through uh, the flu that is going around and hitting everyone right now. (laughs) Um, Also want to do a quick listener shout out. Uh, I'm getting more reviews on Apple Podcasts. Some of you have been asking me how to do reviews on some of the other podcast players. I'm not entirely sure, unfortunately. Um, But you can always send me an email too, or even on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. I just love hearing from you guys and knowing that you're listening and you're enjoying the the podcast. So thanks a bunch for, for, for letting me know that. Um, so this week I have, um, a review on Google or sorry, on, uh, iTunes, uh, from win me back it says good to start to the podcast host has a ton of knowledge and passion about sailing. She does a great job speaking at a level for be- beginning beginners to sailing like myself. So thanks so much for that. Um, I am trying to 
keep it at a beginner level, but also throw in some more advanced things for those of you who have been sailing for a while. So hopefully I'm not using too many terms that uh, people are not familiar with. Uh, As always, show notes are available at sailnelson.com forward slash podcast. And I also have uh, a weekly newsletter that I send out with quick reminder, new episode is out, here's what it's about, here's where to find links and and all that good stuff. So be sure to head over there to uh, have a look at that. So who are you, the Liveaboard Sailor? The Liveaboard Sailor, like I mentioned, is uh, probably somebody who has a few more courses under their belt. So uh, first episode, we talked a bit about the day sailor, moved into racing. Now we're moving into liveaboard sailing. So you've got a bit more uh, sailing time under your belt, a few more nautical miles under the keel. You are um, proficient with day trip planning. So you know how to put together a day trip plan. You have a basic navigation course under your belt. So you have taken a navigation course. You know how to look at a chart. You know how to identify some of the symbols on the chart. Uh, You know how to identify uh, setting up a course from one anchorage to another anchorage, you know, a safe passage, that kind of thing. So if you're looking to get into liveaboard cruising, definitely want to have a greater knowledge of uh, navigation. You should have your VHF marine radio license under your belt as well, because your boat will come with a VHF radio. You definitely have um, your pleasure craft operator card. So that's the boating license that we have here in Canada. That would probably be something that you acquired with your basic sailing course. Um, And you've been out, you know, a little bit more on the boat and you've realized, hey, you know, I think I want to get into doing some like I said, glamping on my boat, uh, you know, anchoring and stuff like that. So, so you're looking to get out there for a longer amount of time. So which courses should you take? The key courses for you, definitely intermediate cruising, uh, sometimes called bare boat cruising. And this is the course where you will actually go and live on the boat for a week with an instructor. And uh, usually there's four students total on the boat. So again, this is, uh, I'm going to talk about this from how I teach the course. So through Sail Canada, we call it the Intermediate Cruising Standard. And the way that I teach the course, the students get on the boat Sunday afternoon. Uh, The first evening is all about getting to know each other and getting to know the boat. So before we even put any gear onto the boat at all, I get the students into the boat and they start ripping it apart and having a look for key things. So which things do you need to know about when you are on your boat? You need to know where your through hulls are. So those are the holes that go through the hull to the outside of the boat. Uh, There will be several on um, your boat. And for intermediate, you're looking at, I would say, a comfortable boat for liveaboard cruising is kind of 35 foot plus. Uh, I like the 40 foot, 40 to 50 foot range. But again, that will depend on your budget and how many crew you have and how comfortable you are. So uh, we'll, for this purpose, we'll say I'm on a 40 foot boat. So I'm looking for my through hulls. Those are the holes that go through the boat. Uh, They have a shutoff valve or lever attached to them. So those are key. I get my students to find those. Next thing that the students are doing is they are looking for all of the safety gear. 
So I've talked about this in previous episodes about safety gear and how I create a diagram and I actually have my students fill in the diagram as they find things. So they're going to be using the safe boating guide. They're going to be going through and remembering all of the safety gear from the basic sailing course they took and then adding in a few extra things for the larger boat. So they're going through and doing that. Uh, we're going to have a look at the engine. We're going to be opening up the engine well and having a look at that. You know, do we have diesel or whatever? Um, and it's just some key components about the engine. And then we are going to talk as a group about provisioning. So the way that I like to do provisioning, usually I get the students um, information ahead of time as far as allergies and stuff like that, or food sensitivities. I do all the shopping and then bring the groceries to the boat and I usually pack them away. Um, so we will go through the boat as a group, take a look in all the cupboards and just start to find everything. I'll do an episode um, probably in the ne near future about my trip across uh, the Pacific Ocean. And one of my key mistakes that I made was that I did not partic participate in provisioning when we were putting away the provisions on the boat. I was doing stuff up on deck, so I didn't really know where the provisions were. And then, of course, our first night passage, we end up getting stuck in a storm and I didn't have any snacks with me up on up on deck. So I had to go down below and I had to try and figure out where all the snacks were. It's super dark. The boat's pitch pulling all over the place. We're going crazy. I'm already not feeling great because I'm tired and now I don't have any food on board. So it was just a bad combination. So it is important to make sure that all of the crew are aware of where the provisions are, how they've been stored. And also with this level of sailing, when you're bareboat cruising, uh, you're going to learn how to store things safely and securely. Um, so that's a, a key part of the course as well. So um, so definitely intermediate cruising course. After we do all that stuff, we go out for a nice dinner and then the next day we basically cast off and we are out for the week sailing. So you're at this point, we're not focusing on the sailing as much. Your sailing skills should be nailed down. They should be there, but we're doing more, uh, definitely a lot of navigation each day. There's a different person navigating and they're, you know, selecting, our courses, you know, what's our heading, what's our next anchorage, how are we going to get there, checking tides, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, it, it immerses you into the actual process of living on a boat for a week. Um, so definitely intermediate cruising course or bare boat cruising course is recommended. The other course that I would say uh, you should get for this level of sailing is, again, I talked about it earlier, intermediate coastal navigation. So there's a lot of navigation that happens. And really what I'm looking for at this level or, or when you're out bareboat cruising, you want to be comfortable enough with navigation that you are not spending a ton of time down below looking at your charts so um, in episode seven, I talked about day trip planning. And um, one of the things that you want to do is you want to make sure that you have kind of laid out your plan for the week. So that's something that I do for the intermediate course. Each day I, I figure out where we're going to start, where we're going to end up. Um, and then the students figure out how to get us there. So they're doing the plotting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when you are out on your own and you've created your plan, basically when you're on the boat and you're executing your plan, 
you should just be kind of going down below, double check your position. Yeah, we're good back up top. So as you work through navigating while underway, these skills will get kind of faster and faster and more comfortable so that you're not spending, you know, 10 minutes plotting your position on a chart because, well, guess what? You're no longer at that position because it took you 10 minutes to put it there. Uh, so you want to kind of uh, nail down these these skills. So taking the intermediate coastal navigation course and using your basic navigation skills that you learned over and over again on your boat are really just going to help you elevate your cruising to the next level. And it's definitely going to give you that peace of mind of knowing that you have uh, researched, you're plotting properly, the boat is where you think it is on the chart and you're double checking with your GPS and so on. Um, and then you can really relax and enjoy the actual cruising experience overall. So a great way to get uh, motivation and learn some new things to prepare yourself for liveaboard cruising is to watch uh, some YouTube videos and follow some YouTube channels. There are a lot of great sailing uh, channels out there. Um, I have a list here that I've put together for you of the ones that I like to follow. And the, the reason why I like to follow these uh, channels is there are kind of some key areas that you want to kind of dive into and learn more about when you're preparing for liveaboard cruising and bareboat cruising specifically. So you're in charge of the boat, you're heading out maybe with family and friends, you know, hopefully there's a couple people on the boat who also sail who are going to help you out. But, you know, you might be the the main person in charge. So uh, one of the areas you should really become familiar with are different boat systems. So by the boat systems, I'm talking about, you know, the head and the black water system. So how does that work on the boat that you're chartering? Um, you know, do you have a holding tank? Do you have a Y valve? Are you going to be discharging overboard depending on how far offshore you are? That kind of thing. What is the freshwater system on the boat? Um, how much do you have? Where are you going to be filling up? So that's part of your trip planning, right? So which marina are you going to go to and when to fill up your freshwater tanks? Do you have a desalinator on board and you're creating freshwater? Um, or do you need to go to the marina? Uh, gray water as well, just being aware of what you're using on the boat, whether you're washing your dishes and so on, making sure that your gray water is um, as clean as possible. So those are kind of some of the boat systems that you should be aware of. Other things that you could dive into as well, you want to be familiar with engine maintenance. So this would be kind of an extra course that would give you a bit more that I would suggest is taking an engine maintenance course. Um, you want to be aware of the cooking systems on board. So your galley and potentially barbecue, what kind of um, cooking systems are you using? Is it an alcohol stove? Is it propane? Where are the shutoff valves? That kind of things. And then also uh, the electronics overall, like what types of electronics do you have available to you on the boat? Do you have a chart plotter? Is there radar, GPS, uh, the VHF? Does it have DSC? That kind of thing. So normally when you're chartering, the charter company will provide you um, kind of a synopsis of what is available on the boat. If you need more information, you can just go back to them and say, you know, exactly which model is this or, or whatever. Uh, but, you know, be aware and um, 
informed about how to use some of these things on the boat. We talked about provisioning. That's another thing. There's a lot of different YouTube uh, videos about tips on provisioning and organizing things in the galley. Uh, really great tips there. Um, and then also just overall um, sailing maneuvers and things to practice and focus on when you're bare boat cruising. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit further along, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, um, but you should have your crew overboard maneuver nailed down. I've talked about that in previous episodes. You should have this to the point where it is um, a reflex, basically, so somebody falls overboard, you know exactly where and what to do with the boat and how to put position the boat so you can get back to the person in the water. So crew overboard maneuver should be dialed in. You should be comfortable with reefing. So putting in a reef, shaking out a reef, heaving to, docking and anchoring as well. You should be comfortable with those. And this is something that you're going to be uh, getting a lot of practice with when you're live aboard sailing as well. So so some of the YouTube channels that I follow, I follow Sailing Uma, Eric Andera, Sailing Project Atticus, Sailing Yacht Florence, Boatworks Today, and a new one that was just um, provided to me, Lorik Teo. Uh, so all of those channels offer something a little bit different depending on which uh, what you're looking for but uh, those are some of the ones that I like to follow and the one thing that I find personally happens to me sometimes if I start watching too much YouTube and I'm watching all these gorgeous videos and you know they're out sailing living their best sailing life and I start thinking oh gee I'm not really doing anything <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to feel a little inadequate with my my sailing so you know Definitely use them for information, but if you do find that you're starting to get a bit down about some of your sailing adventures, maybe it's time to give the YouTube a break and get back on your boat, have some fun, and re-energize yourself and your sailing adventure. So I briefly touched on which courses uh, you could take to give you kind of a leg up or, or um, a better foundation for liveaboard cruising. One of them I've mentioned uh, a few times now in the other episodes as well, but that's the safety at sea course. So uh, like I mentioned in one of the other episodes previously, I think the day sailor episode maybe, uh, or might've been the race sailor. Anyways, um, it's a great course to give you some hands-on um, experience. You learn how to inflate a life raft and how to flip it over, how to get into it. Uh, you know, just a, a bunch of really cool things that you get hands-on with. We even set off flares during that course. So that's a great course. Uh, so safety at sea, I would recommend something like that. I also mentioned a bit earlier about an engine maintenance course. Uh, so there are a variety of courses available, lots of kind of online information available as well. Um, a lot of the larger boats, you'll probably end up with a diesel engine. So taking a diesel um basic maintenance type course so you know what to look for when you're doing your uh, engine checklist in the morning good thing to have under your belt one thing i haven't mentioned uh, yet is basically with your log so you should be logging your trip 
um, is you can also include the engine hours and engine maintenance and stuff like that. So on my boat, I actually have a separate book that I use for my engine maintenance. It's an engine log where I put in, you know, the hours, what maintenance have I done on the engine, what might be coming due, what, what should I keep an eye on and that kind of thing. But, um, so yeah, having a good engine, uh, maintenance course under your belt is great. I've talked about first aid. So having a more advanced first aid level under your belt is also recommended because potentially you might be cruising a little bit further away from land or a little bit further away from help. So if uh, something does come up on the boat and you're uh, better prepared to deal with it with a more advanced first aid level, that's always great. Um, the other thing that you might have to look into, depending on where you're cruising, is that the uh, European and Caribbean destinations now are requiring you to have an international certificate of competency. So the ICC certification is basically um, a certificate to show that you are a competent boater, that you can be a competent skipper. Uh, they used to accept just the ICC certification. Now you are required to show that you have the ICC and some sort of basic sailing course or basic boating course. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, it was in response to a United, Nas United Nations um, Resolution 40 that was introduced a few years back now. And um, so it's basically an international certificate that you need to get if you want to charter a boat in a European or Caribbean uh, destination. So that's something worthwhile to check with your car charter company if they require you to have that cert certificate or if um, your sailor's resume and the combination of other courses that you have done would be adequate. Uh, but most places will require you to have that certification. So one of those, uh, along with that idea of certifications, I would also recommend that you create a sailor's resume. There are a lot of charter companies that will um, have an online kind of form that you can fill in where you can put all of your credentials, uh, certifications, uh, nautical miles logged, how many hours you've been out cruising, where you've been cruising, and, and also your position on the boat, that kind of information. Um, and I would definitely recommend that you start keeping track of all that, not only in your boat log, but also as a personal log. Uh, could be like a Google Doc that you just update as you go out and as you're racing with people and everything. So just great to keep track of all of that information. So the next thing I'm going to jump into here is I'm going to start talking about some of the habits that you should perfect to be a liveaboard uh, cruiser. So the top one definitely would be weather. So when you are living out on the boat, you're out there already. So you need to be making sure that you are keeping track of the weather, keeping up to date on weather updates and changes. Um, so whether that is keeping track on the Environment Canada website, or you can listen to weather forecasts on your VHF radio, or maybe you have one of your favorite apps that has uh, weather radar tracking on it. And so you're keeping an eye on that, but definitely stay up to date um, with the weather forecast. So in the mornings with my students, when we're doing liveaboards, someone's in charge of weather, they get the weather forecast, write it out, present it to everybody else. What, what are we expecting to see today? And then the next thing that we actually do is we go up on deck and we have a look around and is what we are seeing 
um, the same as the weather forecast that we just received. So don't rely necessarily on just the forecast alone, but get out and start having a look at the clouds, the formations, the wind. Does the sky look like what you would expect it to look like based on um, the weather forecast that you received? That's really the best way that you are going to become a really great liveaboard sailor is by being aware. So I talked a lot about awareness when you were racing. That's one of the key um, habits and key areas where your sailing will really uh, excel is if you are aware of the other boats out on the water, the weather changes, the wind patterns on the water. So this kind of awareness also transfers over to your weather and just keeping an eye on the clouds and seeing what is coming towards you. Um, so you've already created your float plan and your, your trip plan for the week. So along with that, based on your weather, you're going to take a look and see, you know, okay, does, is where I wanted to go today, is that still feasible? Or do I need to maybe take a look at my plan B? So hopefully when you created your trip plan for your, your week-long cruise or however long you're out there, uh, you've also come up with a backup for, you know, unexpected things. Could be weather, it could be uh, boat maintenance, engine maintenance, it could be crew. Sometimes you have crew illness and you need to get somebody to shore. So always having a backup plan is, is great. And actually that is one of the other habits uh, that you need to perfect and that I think that you should perfect to be a really good, safe and competent liveaboard sailor. And that is planning. So you need to be fluid with your time and you need to be aware of the fact that when you're out there you know, the weather is not going to do what you want it to do. So if you're in a rush, uh, liveaboard cruising might not be for you, <laughs> but um, you want to have goals. You want to have places that you need to get to and start learning, you know, how quickly can you get the boat from one place to another? You'll start to learn with, with your boat and the more that you go out, how long it takes you to get from one place to another and whether that's affected by your wind direction, tide, if there's currents, um, you know, depending on where you're boating. So, so planning is a habit that will really uh, be beneficial for you and will really take your sailing to the next level. Uh, one thing I don't have on here for habits to perfect is your uh, boat checklist, pre-departure checklist, but also each morning when you get up before you weigh anchor, you should be having a quick look around the boat to figure out, okay, is everything looking good? You know, nothing nothing unexpected happened overnight or, or anything like that. But, um, and you're going through a quick check of everything to make sure you're ready to go. So planning is key, uh, to make sure that you have a great trip. And so those would be the first two weather, keeping track of your weather, second planning and planning also ties into weather a bit. And then the last habit that I'm going to talk a bit about is anchoring. So when you are a liveaboard cruiser, you are most likely heading to a lot of anchorages. That's the whole point of living aboard. Well, in my opinion, I like being out and away from people and in nice, quiet anchorages. So um, you will become very proficient with anchoring, how to set your anchor, how to weigh the anchor, bring it back up. Um, you'll get really comfortable with the amount of scope that you should be putting out. So the scope is the ratio of how much anchor line you're putting out as compared to your depth. 
So if you're staying for a short stay, we usually recommend a three to one ratio. So if I'm just anchoring for lunch or a quick swim, I'll put out three feet of road anchor road, R-O-D-E, for each foot of depth. If I'm there overnight in good weather, I'll do five to one, maybe up to seven to one, depending on if the wind is going to be picking up at all. And then definitely if I'm overnight or if I'm waiting out a storm or heavier weather, I would do seven to one all the way up to 10 to one. And basically with anchoring, the general rule of thumb is when in doubt, let it out. So if you have more room and you have the availability to let out more road, then you can go ahead and do that. And that will increase the holding power of your anchor. And so one of the things you're looking for with your anchoring, obviously, and whether or not you can add more road and put out more scope um, is the fact that you have adequate swing room. So your boat is going to be swinging around your anchor. So making sure that you have a nice, safe, um, secluded anchorage where the boat can freely swing around the anchor without running into anything in that circle, basically. So that's called your swing room. I'll probably do another episode on anchoring, but Some people will also um, use an anchor alarm where they set an alarm, you know, using their GPS. And then if the boat moves outside of a certain area, the alarm goes off. I have never used one. um, And from what I've read and the different sailors that I've spoken to, really, it tends to just kind of heighten their sense of alarm. um, And when this anchor alarm tends to go off quite often, Um, and a lot of times it's because, you know, the app isn't set up properly or the GPS, uh, on the phone or whatever they're using is slightly off just enough that the alarm goes off. So for me personally, I don't use an anchor alarm when I anchor, but what I will do is I'll take several points of reference, uh, along the shore in relation to the boat. Um, so as the boat swings, I know that, okay, I've lined up that boulder and that tree, they're staying in line with each other. So the boat is not, you know, drifting back or anything like that. And again, this comes with experience over time, you'll be able to look at your anchor road. So you'll look at the actual rope. In this case, where I boat, I use a combination of chain and rope. So if my anchor is uh, bouncing along the bottom, my rope is going to be vibrating a lot. Um, so if the anchor is really set and I'm in stronger winds, I'm going to see that that anchor line is nice and tight and you can even feel that it is quite tight. So, um, a lot of this just comes with experience over the years. And that's something that you will develop as you do more liveaboard sailing and you get used to setting the anchor over and over and over again. Uh, you'll get into your own little routine as far as what you check when and how comfortable you are with the look and feel of the anchor. So there you have it. I'm going to uh, wrap up this episode here. Um, But basically, a liveaboard sailor, you're looking to head out, live on the boat a little bit longer, do a bit of glamping, maybe out for a week or so. A couple courses that you should definitely get under your belt would be your intermediate cruising or your bare boat cruising and your uh, intermediate coastal navigation. Extra courses and things that you should learn could be engine maintenance, uh, safety at sea, Uh, 
uh, your international certificate of competency. You can follow some fun YouTube channels. Check those out at sailnelson.com forward slash podcast. Definitely put together a sailor resume and keep track of your log as you go out uh, on these adventures. And top three habits that you will perfect the more often that you go out live aboard sailing will be uh, weather, taking weather forecasts, following weather forecasts, and forecasting for yourself. Uh, Anchoring, how to set your anchor and know that it is set properly, how to adjust it depending on the weather that is coming in. Uh, And also just overall planning. So in that, I would include your navigation planning, plan A, plan B. I would also include everything around provisioning and when you need to go to shore to top up as well. So those are kind of the three top things that you're going to really start to perfect the more you do live aboard or bare boat uh, sailing and chartering. Have a great week and I'll see you next week.